comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Episode 209. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Dwayne McDuffie, 1962, 2011. Rest in peace. So a, t- a couple days ago, we uh, we were presented with the news that Dwayne McDuffie, comic book uh, um, writer, producer, editor, um, suddenly passed away, and I think it kind of took everyone by shock. Uh, here at HHW, we thought we would just kind of talk about his career a little bit, about his past, and we also have Sean Pryor with us from uh, PKD Media and the Black Box um, podcast with us. Sean, how are you? Oh, doing doing good, guys. How are you doing? Hey, Sean. Hey, you know what? I don't think I got the mix quite right okay. there when you did your liner. So why don't right. you repeat that liner? Just repeat it. All right. Um, Dwayne McDuffie, nineteen sixty-two to two thousand eleven. Rest in peace. How does that, how how old does that make him? I'm not good with uh, forty-nine. Forty-nine. Gosh. Yeah. I just, well, that's he's six years older than me. So uh, that you makes know, him seven years older than me. That makes him way too young. Okay. How, Tell us how he died. Uh, let me go ahead and just read from this because this is about an, uh, an hour old, what I'm reading here. Dwayne McGuff- McDuffie, a highly respected comic book and animation writer who was co-founder of Milestone Media, a landmark company that created a multicultural comic line that introduced black superheroes such as Hardware and Static, has died. He was 49 years old. McDuffie died Monday, a day after his birthday, of complications after, uh, after undergoing emergency heart surgery in a Burbank hospital. So with that being said, we can, you know, he, he obviously suddenly died. Um, something that kind of, you know, would catch anyone off guard. I went to his website, Dwayne com, and, um, his family put up something there that simply says, Dwayne's family and friends would like to thank everyone for the outpouring of condolences. They are much appreciated in this difficult time. But the one thing that really captures me is about six days ago, the last tweet he made was taking a break from script. I, uh, I owe to attend an L.A. premiere of All-Star Superman. Wish me luck. That's kind of that's kind of I, I don't know what the right, right word is for that, because it's no, but uh, I know where you're coming from. The yeah. whole Wish me luck deal. Yeah, it's it's such an ordinary type of just, hey, here, I'm doing this. You know, I'll see, and, and you just you don't even think that that's the last thing you're going to tweet or the last thing you're going to say. Why was he saying "wish me luck"? Was he involved with that? Animated? He was involved with the All Star Superman. He wrote um, it. Did he yeah. write that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's yeah, done he, a lot of he, animation he, lately, right? Yeah. Well, he's been in animation for like the longest time, um, if if you think about it. But like after he's but he's been heavily involved with a lot of the DC animated universe films. 
and uh, he's also had heavy involvement with Ben 10 um, as well. He's done like a lot of work with the uh, Men of Action. Um, and Men, Men of Action is the company that helped create Ben 10 and Generator Rex and things like that. Uh, he worked on the Justice League TV series. He also worked on Justice League Unlimited. And he also worked on uh, Justice League of Two Earths, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he wrote that one. And the All-Star Superman, which just came out, well, yesterday. In, he's got, uh, at least since 1988, he's been writing comics. You know, being involved in comics, I should say. Um it looks like I'm 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 looking at comicbookdb.com under his uh, listing for the listing for Dwayne McDuffie, and I clicked on the uh, look at a chronological list of this guy's stuff, and it looks like one of the first things he did in 1988 was the uh, Marvel graphic novel of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, <laughs> and then he worked on <coughs> chronologically he worked on Solo Avengers number thirteen. Uh, he did Marvel Age Annual number four. I used to collect Marvel Age. Um, he did another Roger Rabbit graphic novel, Roger Rabbit in the Resurrection of Doom. Uh, he did some uh, She-Hulk Damage Control. I remember Damage Control. That was a, a cool series about this group of people. It was this company who went and they cleaned up New York after the heroes got done duking it out. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> that is a yeah. wonderful concept. I've never heard that. Yeah, That's it was awesome. Dam- oh. Damage Control was way ahead of its time. Oh yeah. And and when it came out, I was like, why hasn't anybody thought of this before? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, seriously, because it's so cuz when you're reading, you know, a book and you're watching, you know, Doc Ock and Spider-Man basically destroy a skyscraper, mm-hmm. you know, as they're fighting and you you know, one of my first thoughts is, oh, I know that brick's going to hit somebody in the head mm-hmm. on its way down. But then when they're done, you know, there might be a, like a splash page of a destroyed street. And you're like, he's got to clean that crap up. <laughs> no, that road's <laughs> got to be repaved, all that stuff. Finally, know. somebody said, well, let's write a story about it. And so <laughs> damage control came out of that, which was, and I liked it. Yeah. You know, um, just looking at this list, Brad, I actually have these four comic books. I bought them uh when they came out, um, the Harvey line of a, ba- a Back to the Future. Oh yeah, I have I have all four of those, and I read them when that when they bought, and I just have them in a box because I'm a I'm a closet Back to the Future fan, and I wanted the comics, but they they were Harvey comics, so they were very you know very geared towards kids, so I didn't really appreciate them, but I just held on them because they were Back to the Future. Chances are you've read some of this guy's stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't see Avengers, how Iron Man. Uh, Hellraiser. Fantastic Four. Yeah. Uh, did I say Spider-Man? Amazing Spider-Man. I'm trying to go. Deathlock. He did some What If stuff. He did Marvel superheroes. Uh, let's see. Looking at it chronologically, you know, it's kind of hard to... He did something called Toxic. Uh, there's that Back to the Future stuff. The Demon. I think that's uh, DC stuff. Uh, there's more of that. Oh, Marvel Comics Presents. Deathlock Annual, Blood Syndicate, Hardware. Yeah, the hardware, and it, that's all that um, Milestone stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's all Milestone. Yeah, Hardware, Icon, Static, yeah. all, all that stuff. Yes. That's in the early 90s. You know, I, I get the impression that, that, you know, I don't think I ever went out of my way whoa, to... Whoa, 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 I'm sorry. I, I hate to do this. But in 1994, he wrote 
Uh, did he write it? I'm going to click on this link and see if he wrote it. Yeah, he wrote Prince and the New Power Generation, Three Chains of Gold, <laughs> number yes. one. It looks like a one-shot. It says Piranha Press, but then in parentheses it says DC Comics. <laughs> That's awesome. How come I don't know about this? You didn't. You never got that book? No. Oh, dude. I've never dude, seen like, it. Dude, no. That. Hey, Sean, we lost you? Autobiobooks, but like that book is not like an autobiography or anything like that, if memory serves me right. There's a period of time where that company came out with like a book about Prince, a book about Public Enemy, and a couple a couple other musical you know musical icons and uh, I remember specifically at a comic book store that I went to when I used to live in Ohio when that book came out people were like bum rushing <laughs> bum rushing the shelves for it <laughs> you think I'm lying I'm it's the absolute truth dude it, I totally would have bought that I'm going to look it up on mycomicshop.com right now and see if I can score it <laughs> um you know based on just his career and stuff you know he seems like a um he seems like one of these solid writers that that when you know, hey, we need someone to write this who's going to do a good job. He's the guy I get the impression that you would go to. Like he wouldn't let you down on a storyline, you know. And and I'm not a Dwayne McDuffie fan, but they just looking at the body of his work, you know, it's just it seems solid. You know, it's it's that guy you can depend on. Yeah, he was def- definitely a hard worker. In whatever situation you gave him, he just, you know, he, he worked he worked with it with the best of his abilities. I mean, I know a lot of people gave him flack for his Justice League of America run, and he even, you know, politely talked about it on the DC Comics forum boards. He said, "What, well, you know?" He explained when if a fan asked, "Well, why is this going on like this? Why is this going on like that?" And he would say, "Well, it's because, you know, at this time, DC editorial says I can't use this character or." You know, this character is being used for this storyline, or this character is being used for this new limited series, or this and this and this. He said, "I have to, I have to make make these changes," and he wasn't attacking anyone. He was just being completely. He was just being. He was being honest, but it wasn't a. This is so and so's fault, and this is so and so's fault. What he was really showing was he's showing to people is that in order to be a writer, especially working for the big two, you know, very few people that work for the big two have that executive freedom to do what they want. It's very seldom that they'll get a book and say, hey, look, this is yours. Do whatever you want with it because, you know, you're gold. You have to deal with all all these editors and, and factors for all these licensed properties. And, and, you know, he was trying to show people what a writer goes through. So, yeah, he he's definitely um, he's definitely one of the troopers for sure. Can can anyone here speak on Milestone Comics? I'm afraid I don't know much about it. Can anyone talk about his involvement in that? Um, yeah, um, he was along with, uh, let's see, give me, give me one second. I can, I can tell you the co the, the founders of Milestone. Um, it was, it was, it was Dwayne McDuffie, Dennis Cowan, uh, Michael oh, Davis, Derek Dingle. Yes. yes, you're absolutely correct. Yes. Yes. And you know, what happened is, is that Milestone Comics, people think they were owned by DC. They weren't owned by DC. The only thing DC Comics did was distribute the books. That was it. Uh, Milestone was owned specifically by by those four McDuffie, Davis, Dingle, and Cowan. And so, what what that was really about was was that you know they weren't just black comics; they were just comics, you know. And they not only had you know black characters, they had Hispanics, they had you know, they had white characters. And these are one of the few few comic companies where you can honestly say that this is you know this is creator owned, and they were making money. 
you know, like if, if you write a book for Marvel or DC, if you write a cap book, yeah, you might make nice coin writing that cap book, but guess what? You don't own cap. So any, any other thing that comes off of that, like a T-shirt, uh, an, an action figure, uh, you know, movie, you're not going to see a dime of that. But these guys with Milestone, if ain't, you know, like Static is a perfect example. You know, Static ended up becoming like one a very, very popular cartoon for Kids WB. And then after it ended on Kids WB and replayed on Cartoon Network, it had it had like some of the highest ratings in Cartoon Network history for the time that it aired for its time slot. And so, you know, but he owned that. So that's his. That money comes to him. So, uh, but anyway, I'm sorry, I, I digress. I got sidetracked. But no, you had a uh, you had books like Hardware, Icon, Static. Which you know, as we is later on, as a lot of people know, as Static Shock. Um, let's see, I think like the world needs heroes. Um, Blood Syndicate, which is one of my favorite books, because that was the first time I really read a comic where you had a team of honest to goodness dysfunctional heroes. That was a team that did not get along for anything, and you know, and yeah, we had the Wahaha uh, Justice League era. Yeah, and sometimes they didn't get along, but it was nothing like Blood Syndicate. Uh, there was. <laughs> okay. zon- Zombie. Oh, there, there were so many great books. So, yeah. Well, I thought it was real interesting that um, much like uh, Wildstorm, it was just a different uh, universe. But um, in 94, uh, DC and Milestone did do an intercompany crossover. Um, Metropolis-based superheroes and uh, Dakota-based superheroes um, got together. Um, I think the thing that I thought was interesting was that um, – uh, in the Dakota verse, uh, DC superheroes were known as fictional characters from comic books. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, it got um, uh, it got zeroed out by Zero Hour. Um, uh, though uh, the the DC characters did not uh, uh, remember this, uh, the Milestone superheroes did, and um, uh, it was really cool. Did you read? Uh, have you kept up with the the current Justice League title? Um, you know, they, they brought, uh, uh, they brought icon and, uh, a bunch of those, uh, bunch of those ladies and gentlemen, uh, back in a, uh, in a crossover, um, uh, about a year ago, uh, just a little bit less, uh, a few months back, um, uh, right, yeah. right before, uh, Robinson took, uh, the book over. Yeah. Like those were like the last justice league books I bought before I had to like really like cut back on buying books. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was happy to see them there. You know, I, it's kind of, it was unfortunate the way. It, you know, because I'm, I'm really, I'm tr- truly trying to keep this positive, but it's like it's unfortunate the way DC Comics treated McDuffie, because DC Comics really supposedly really wanted the Milestone Universe when it really what they really wanted was Static. That, it's just oh, just no Lisa, that's just Lisa, my opinion, the the way it went, and you know, with and with the you know the the bad luck mm-hmm. McDuffie had in the uh, Justice League situation when he became the writer of the book. And then the way the Milestone Forever book was treated by by DC editorial, I just thought it was kind of bush league. But you know, but the thing is, is that still to this day, even though that happened, what was accomplished with Milestone Comics back in the '90s, you know, very, you know, I feel very few companies were able have been able to attain that level of success. You know, you know, you got Image, you know, and they changed the game for everybody, but Milestone really changed the game a lot of ways too. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about this Justice League run, let's talk a little bit. What issues were that, and what was the story arc that he covered? Um, hold on one second. I can tell you that in one moment. I found the Three Chains, <clears throat> three chains of Gold comic. Um, somebody's selling it for 10 bucks. 
Cool. Um, it's the only place yeah, I've, I've found it for sale. I've got those issues, and and I'm I'm a dumb dumb. I didn't uh, I didn't grab those issues um, and put them on the table uh, for this uh, episode. So my apologies there. But yeah, it was um, oh the, the Justice, Justice League, the Justice League, and the Shadow Cabinet. Um, it was the it was a semi classically used plot where it was a big um, misunderstanding between the other uh, mm-hmm. two groups, basically that uh, yeah. that led them to fight, and then they figured out uh, that they didn't really have a beef with each other, and so everything turned out to be okay. Kind of thing. Uh, it looks like he he also worked on the the wedding edition with uh, with Black Canary, and um, I bought that. Okay, that that was actually a fun one. Yeah, I bought that. And the Injustice League one, which was issue thirteen. I'll wait for. Uh, looks yeah. like I guess Sean went to go actually get the comic book. You know, it was <laughs> it was right about the time after you know a few issues into McDuffie's. Uh, JLA mm-hmm. run when I dropped the book it, it just wasn't working for me and I, and I think it was because like Sean said it, he just couldn't use this guy and that guy and that girl and he had to take the B and C listers and, and I, I stuck around but I mean I've got I've got all 54 and counting issues of JLA <laughs> and, and frankly I, I've been waiting for I um, I thought Meltzer's run was really good um, I, I really enjoyed it. it it felt a little bit different from your just regular you know run of the mill uh um i think mcduffie um uh he expanded things a little bit by introducing um you know working with some of the different characters bringing in the uh, uh I, I thought the uh, the shadow cabinet stuff was really cool because mm-hmm. um i'm sorry um i don't think it's because i'm i'm such a um such a white bread i think it's because i just wasn't i wasn't reading comics in the mid 90s so right. i did not know you know I, I there's a huge there's a huge hole in my comics uh, knowledge um, from about geez from about eighties from the late eighties to the mid nineties. Uh, so that just you know so much of the stuff that happened then um, you know just uh, was out of my uh, out of my purview. So uh, right. um, yeah, it's, it's nothing uh, nothing nothing bad about that. Just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I I would like to comment a little bit on this work on uh, Justice League Unlimited and, and Justice League and. And I guess that's where I know him most and best. And and the one thing I liked about this, and this has a lot to do with with Bruce Tim, but I'll I'll credit um, McDuffie on this. But it's um, he took a, a DC universe that was complicated with levels and levels of continuity and and history and stuff, and really pared it down to what those heroes were about or making it more simple so the justice league unlimited universe is very easy to jump in on and you just don't have these years and years of just complex history the the one i remember most the 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 hero i don't know if he worked on this one or not but the one with power girl uh where they introduced power girl where it really isn't a uh superman's cousin it's actually a clone of supergirl Mm -hmm. in it Mm -hmm. and um you know he 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 made those stories just they, they were so much fun. You got so much drama out of, you know, 22 minutes of animated cartoon. It just, it just, he just did a good job on it. And, and, yeah. uh, I was so sad when that, when that series got canceled. Yeah. You know, he had his hand, if memory serves me right, he had his hand in about like between like 60 something out of the 90 plus episodes that were made between justice league animated and justice league uh, unlimited. Mm-hmm. He had his, he had his hand in, in a, in a majority of that. So, he definitely always had a very good grasp of uh, create, you know, of creativity and helping you know get these stories along and uh, you know getting these getting these episodes together. I remember uh, hearing an interview where he had mentioned 
that there's an episode that featured um, Aquaman, Dr. Fate, and Solomon Grundy. And the way McDuffie broke it down, he said, basically, Aquaman was Namor, Dr. Fate was Dr. Strange, and Solomon Grundy was the Hulk, and it was a Defenders mm. episode. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never thought about that way. I loved, loved, loved Justice League Unlimited. <laughs> that works, man. It's that probably works. that. I mean, that's probably my favorite superhero cartoon to date. I mean, I just... Yeah. I, there's... <laughs> I'm sure there's a bad episode in there somewhere. But well, I don't they, uh, the the one thing that series did very well was they gave you overarching stories that that branch not just two episodes but over the whole season. Well, and that's I I didn't really I wasn't a big huge fan of the format of the first two seasons of actual Justice League. Uh, I liked it when they went to more. You know, there were a couple of two parters. Um, like you said, you had arcs that lasted for um, you know a half a season at a time, which was just tremendous. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the guaranteed was it two or three parters, um, in the justice league. Um, just, it seemed just to limited, limited always did gave you a two parter. Um, yeah. Or the, 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 just the justice league proper, uh, before it became justice league mm-hmm. unlimited. Um, and then, yeah, uh, boy, when, uh, when JLU came around, um, man, I was just, I was so all over it. I, I love the open. Um, I, I love the, the way it was written. Um, you know, can't say enough about uh, McDuffie and, and, and Tim and everybody else who left their mark on uh, that show. Yeah. Um, but, hey, uh, um, uh, I don't know if this is going to be a weird question. I don't mean it to be. Um, but um, with the, uh, the Milestone comics, uh, when, when, they were, uh, when they were born, um, did you think that that was a uh, – was it, was it a reaction to – and, again, this is coming from, uh, this is coming from my own personal ignorance of, of that time – um, but do you think it was a reaction to the fact that there just wasn't enough uh, racial integration into Marvel and DC, or do you think it's just what they naturally wanted to do? I mean, do you think I, they were trying to make a, a point, or was were these just the stories they wanted to tell, and these were you know the backgrounds these writers came from? I don't. I don't see it really as like trying to you know like force force integration. Right, it's more right. of, okay. Is is more of a hey, we do have these stories that we want to tell, and you know we want to get them out there. It's like, and I mean that's the way it is for like a lot of like today's creators, a lot of independent creators, like you know okay. like myself and everybody else out there. It's it's not as much of a you know look you know color color color. Right. Yeah, it'd be awesome you know if we have a little bit more diversity in comics, but yeah. unfortunately, for every two steps we take forward there's probably something that knocks us back five steps but it was it was a lot about telling stories it was also a lot to prove to say hey you know you know we can make comics just as great as every as anybody else and we just need to show you that we can and not have you just think oh this is just a black book and right. that was that was the one thing they were trying to prove more than anything else they were just comic books yeah you know and that's what they were they were really they were really good comic books and and that's what they were really trying to do. Like there was, oh, there was a, a book, uh, Dwayne because like Dwayne McDuffie went back to this like three times actually. And there's a scene in one of the milestone books where huh. there's a kid who has a parrot, and and every time he had to go clean the cage, the parrot cage, he'd open up, he'd open up the cage, and the parrot would go flying out, and he would see the window, and he would try to, the parrot would try to escape, and he keep hitting the window hitting the window, hitting the window, and then just going back into the cage. And that was kind of like McDuffie's way of saying, and this was during a period of time where he had worked for Marvel, and then he finally moved on and did, you know, helped 
co-create milestone. Okay. That was his like I guess metaphysical way of saying, you know, when I worked for Marvel, I did work. I was kind of appreciated, but I wasn't appreciated, and I was just in this. I was in this cage where it's basically a machine. I'm just part of that machine, and they can just replace me and not really care. Yeah. So and of course that that goes for you know anybody who was working for Marvel at that time. I'm guessing this side right. Stanley. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's it's clearly not a you know not a reflection on uh, Dwayne McDuffie you know the human. It's just you know the way the way things were in the business at that time. Right, and it's just that you know there were stories that you know that that they wanted to tell, and and I, and a lot of cats for I think really don't understand how influential McDuffie, especially like McDuffie and Cowan, mm-hmm. and and even Christopher Priest who did who did a lot of work for for Milestone as well for a period of time. Yeah, how influential they were on others. I mean. A lot of people forget that, like, yeah, remember, like, the Rob Liefeld, Levi, Buttonfly jeans commercial? Uh, like, you know, like, now granted, it wasn't to this level of popularity. It was more of just, a, like, a print ad. Yeah, but Dennis, I, oh, wait a second. Le- could you, could you Rob describe Liefeld, that? Liefeld did a jeans commercial, like an actual yeah. jeans commercial. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, this was before he was part of Image. Like, um, Spike Lee, when he did those Buttonfly jeans commercials, um, Rob Liefeld, because like, was it X Force? Yeah, X Force was like, you know, blew up the spot. He, he, that that book, you know, blew up the spot, and they had all different types of commercials, um, you know, for all different types of media and, and like, you know, athletics and all types of stuff. And they did one on Liefeld, and and I remember the key part of the commercial was for a second you get to, you got to see the cover of X Force number one, and you hear Spike Lee say, "And you created X Force?" And Liefeld was like, "Yeah." That's and see and the thing is is that before that commercial, Liefeld met Dennis Cowan at a convention, and like told Dennis Cowan because he had an ad because Dennis Cowan did like a jeans ad or a clothing ad, um for in a magazine, <laughs> and Liefeld ran over to him and like was just so hyped up because he's like, dude, this is so cool, you know, you did this ad, you did this and do this, not only on top of doing comics, you know, doing all these other things. Then Liefeld did that that buttonfly jeans commercial, and. You know, then you had this era of, you know, you know, basically creators or rock stars. You know, it really, it really took off after that. That's awesome. You know, um, Sean, speaking speaking from from your perspective, um, did you did you get anything, or, or was it exciting to see, you know, a, a series from Milestone, see black superheroes? You know, you being black, was that like important to you, or were you drawn to it? Or, or was it just a comic book? Well, you know, there, there, you know, there's always that appeal of it's like, wow, you know, folks that, that look like me, you know, I mean, more than and more than two, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, in a book, you know, that's it's really cool. But like, none of that, none of that works if I don't care about the characters, um, and and if the stories are, you know, if the stories aren't any good, because there have been books that have come out, you know, years later with, you know, with a diverse cast of characters, you know, black, Hispanic, whatever. But if the writing's poor and if the story's poor, there's no perp- there's no reason for me to even touch it. And what those books did for me was it just made me focus on, hey, this story is awesome. I you know I love this story. I I love Blood Syndicate. Blood Syndicate to this day is still one of my favorite books because that made me want to learn how to write team comics because there's no. <laughs> That is like a, just a strong lesson in trying to learn how to write a team book because there's so many diverse characters on there. And I'm not talking about diverse as in color. I'm just talking about personalities. And so I never looked at it personally 
like, you know, 100% of the time, like, oh, yeah, black comics, kick ass. <laughs> it was more of a thing. It's just like, wow, you know, we did it. Well, not like me, but they did it. And, you know, I can we do that, We did too. it, Sean. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> hey, yeah. I got to ask, what, uh, what, if this is a uh, Blood Syndicate specific or is this um, uh, the whole line, but uh, what was the Big Bang? The Big Bang was the event that actually created the, the, the uh, Dakotaverse. The Big okay. Bang, like in the, the town or city of Dakota, there was this, quote, unquote, Big Bang, which you know, gave all these people in Dakota powers. Ah, okay. Okay. That, that's the abridged version. Hey man, you, you did a lot better version than I, it's a lot better than I would have done. <laughs> I would have taken at least five or six minutes to have uh, gotten through that. Now the, um, the DC has been, is static shock part of the DCU now? Yeah. Static shock is part of the DCU and for it, now it, until that, until that contract expires. And is, um, is the milestone universe as a whole, or is it just static shock? I, I, okay, as far as I know, and like I said, I definitely don't know everything on it, but as far as I know, they have the rights to Milestone characters still. Okay. But the focus, I think, was really more on Static more than anything else. That's what they wanted. Um, but they have the rights, and I'm not sure how much longer they're going to have those rights for. Interesting. But, um, but yeah, so like, because as a matter of fact, after um, the way McDuffie got treated by DC Comics, um, Tony Isabella... And you're you're uh, referring to his his most recent stint with DC, right? That is correct. Okay. Yes. Because like after his stint with DC, um, you know, he became part of the DC animated universe team. Yeah. As well as as well as working with men men of action for Ben Ten and and those and those other cartoons. Um, Tony Isabella, the gentleman who created uh, Black Lightning, uh, made a made a statement, and I'm just paraphrasing. And he felt that DC, you know, you know, got the rights back. You know, got the rights to those characters just so. You know, say, for instance, a company like Marvel couldn't get those milestone characters or anyone else couldn't get those milestone characters. He really felt that the purpose of them getting those characters was just to sit on them. And in some aspects, I could, I could, I could definitely understand that because with the exception of, like, the Justice League, you know, when they appeared in the Justice League yeah. and, um, and when some of those characters appeared in Milestone Forever, those were books by McDuffie. The only other character that really broke out of that was um was static who was in um yeah, he's you know teen titans, teen, isn't he? teen titans and then there was a small period of time where a couple of milestone characters showed up in brave and the bowl but that was it yeah well um I, i'm trying to remember i've seen the episode a billion times i'm not sure what the reference is it says here uh uh oh dakota oh the town dakota i guess was referenced in uh the uh, Batman Brave and the Bold episode, Aquaman's Outrageous Adventure, which is a great outrageous. episode, by the way. Outrageous. Yes, indeed. So I, I think it's there's a there's a section where he's uh, he's driving and you see like the little the little icon of the car, you know, the dashed lines coming out it uh, going up and down the map as they're yes. rolling across the country. And, and Dakota must have been uh, must have been there. So I'm going to guess it was just a, a, a little just a nod, a, a wink to uh, um, Senor McDuffie and uh, his uh, his cohorts. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, um, my, I, I don't want me to go too far off the reservation here, but uh, I, I was reading some um, some tweets. You know, clearly there's been a lot of, uh, of tweets uh, uh, referencing uh, Mr. McDuffie. And uh, <laughs> Tom Brevoort says, uh, my clearest Dwayne McDuffie memory is of he and I conducting tests to see which comics printing format Silly Putty would pick up. <laughs> <laughs> it said apparently he was uh they they appreciated his uh uh, uh there's another uh tweet i'm trying to remember uh exactly what it is I, i'm not reading it um um but 
uh, said he and another uh, fellow were doing Deathlock. And uh, the uh, editor said that it may have been Brevoort, um, said that McDuffie was uh, noticeably more talented, but he was uh, he was a little less reliable. And he related a story where uh, McDuffie wrote this awesome story, but he had to have the other guy come in to write like the last three pages of the issue. Um, just uh, I just think it's interesting. And then, of course, that has nothing to do with, you know, nothing to do with nothing. Just uh, maybe a little bit of his personality. And it's tonight's cameo appearance from Sage. Sage, <laughs> Sage just wandered in. Sage doesn't understand the relative uh, uh, gravity of this episode. He doesn't understand that this is a very special episode of Half Hour Wasted. And, uh, and, and it should be. That, that's, that is what makes Sage Sage. <laughs> that's no kidding, man. <laughs> well, he, the first five minutes of the episode, uh, he was going ape stuff about I'm still not sure what. And uh, so that's why uh, that's why the audience got a, a short break from me. But um, I'm back, baby. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it probably wasn't hard to tell when I got back on the mic. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, that's, uh, that's just... <sighs> It's it's really amazing. Uh, I think one of the things that I, I thought was um, um, kind of kind of actually made me mad uh, reading, uh, and this is not new news, but uh, the fact that Milestone Comics, um, you know, they had uh, uh, they had a nice spike when they launched, um, but they uh, they received press coverage, you know, from a number of outlets. Of course, at the time we didn't have uh, the internet, uh, certainly not in the form it's in now because we yeah. did have the internet barely, um, yeah, Netscape 1.0. But it says here, um, and I'm sorry, I got this off Wikipedia. I didn't get everything off Wikipedia. But uh, uh, it says that uh, the milestone uh, was basically ignored by most mainstream comic press. Uh, they're uh, specifically referencing Wizard Magazine. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many outlets there were you know, at the time. I don't, I don't know how many comic book magazines there were. I'm going to guess Probably Wizard just was. Wizard and uh, Comic Book Buying Guide. I mean, okay. Yeah, and, and possibly if if, if uh, Comics Journal was around, well, um, that, may, that may have been it. Okay, I um, certainly uh, am going to hope slash assume that uh, back issue will uh, be taking a look at uh, Mister McDuffie here fairly soon. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, uh, at the time that this has happened, this is he passed away. Was it yesterday or Monday? He passed, passed away on. Um, he passed away on. T- Tuesday, that he passed away on the twenty second. Yeah, so twenty second. So, and here it is Wednesday. So, I mean, we're not even twenty four hours into this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that you know there'll be some alk al- al- Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. For him, and um, you know, maybe back issue we'll do a tribute issue for him. Yeah. I kind I, I kind of look at it like this, and uh, Ron Mars on Twitter kind of broke it down. And he said, you know, two. He said he, he said two things, you know, in regards to this. He said if you you know, have like a like you know, a comic book creator, an artist, a writer, or just somebody that you have always wanted to meet, and that opportunity comes to just walk up and just shake their hand and say, "Hey, thanks for you know, thanks for this and this, and you know, you really inspired me to do that." Or just thank, say thank you, go do it because you never yeah. know because <laughs> you never know what what could happen. You know, like my whole thing was is like Dwayne McDuffie is a very very to this you know will always be a big inspiration to me. Um, I've learned a lot about comics because of him, and I've never met him personally. You, you know, never ever. Like, if not for Dwayne McDuffie, I wouldn't know about the the rule of three, and and that's something that I really? break. 
uh, yeah, the rule, the rule of three is... You're talking about you, the photography rule of uh, no, thirds? Not, no, 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 not the okay. photography rule of thirds. It's uh, kind of like a, a comic slash Hollywood rule that basically says if you have more than three black characters in like a comic book or a movie... Okay. It's labeled as a black comic or a black movie. Oh, wow. So okay. three is the magic. So you could have a cast of, say, 20, but a three... Is yeah, that safe it, to say? Yeah, if, if if it's three and they are, and if they play a major role within uh-huh. that piece of media, it's labeled, you know, general public. The general public <laughs> yeah. labels it as, you know, a black property. That's interesting. That's funny. You know, which which supposedly also makes it more of a difficult sell. You know, a difficult sell to the general population. Yeah. So uh, you know, and I, and like I never really. I mean, I. Had that in the back of my mind, but I could never find a way to, you know, properly put that together. And he just broke it down in this video. And, I, you know, the one thing and another thing that I've always just appreciated is his honesty. He's not saying these things to be mean. He's just telling you. He's like, I've been in this business for X amount of years. So these things have happened. And I'm just telling you this because eventually you may experience this. So, you know, just, you know, you don't have to take my words as gospel. But, you know, I just want you to understand this is what you're getting into. Because trust me, there's there were some days before, you know, when I was just doing comics for fun. That's one thing. But when it when this action lab stuff took off and it became a business, I really started to heed this man's words. Because this is, you know, this is a very, very big deal because it's not only, you know, I'm rep you know, I'm representing a company, but I'm also helping to represent like other people like Dave DeWanch, Chad Sacconi, Sean Gabarin. You know, I'm you know Daniel Logan, Andrew Charpar. I'm representing them too, and so, you know, so now like you know, I'm trying I'm trying to make sure I know the business, how it operates, how it functions, like the hurdles that we're going to have to cross, and you know all the other things that we're going to have to deal with, all the things I'm going to have to deal with, and and you know, and like I have him to thank for that because if you know, and I'm sure I probably could have learned it somewhere else, but you know, and and I'll learn as I go. But he was just a very you know, a very influential, influential person. And he was a hell of a storyteller. And, you know, I, you know, and like, I I wish I had, I wish I had a fourth of his writing talent. You know, and, and I guess fanboys, you should really heed a warning here. I mean, like you said, Sean, you should, we should always go up and say thank you to our, to the people we, we like and stuff. But I mean, you know how mean fanboys can be sometimes. And and I hope (laughs) no one said anything really negative to him or he read something really negative about his work. Um, before he passed, because I would, because I'm sure that stuff hurts. I mean, e- even if you know he's an established guy, but I'm sure, I'm sure negative comments always end up hurting. Did you guys yeah. talk about uh, All Star Superman? While uh, I was we out? just touched on it, but no, we didn't. We didn't talk Did about it. it. Have you, you guys seen it yet? No, uh, I haven't. I'm, seen I'm it. dying to see it. I haven't had a chance. I loved. I absolutely loved it, and I, I thought it was interesting that they uh, that they chose um, not necessarily Dwayne McDuffie, but anybody but grant morrison to uh to do the uh the screenplay <laughs> yeah. well with the uh justice league crisis on two earths that was like based off of earth jail yeah. justice league earth 2 which was a morrison book and mcduffie wrote that so you know wrote, wrote the animated version of that yeah so i'm like well you know i'm like mcduffie did a pretty solid job you know that translate was, morrison works yeah and that was yeah. awesome too yeah so uh, i mean is it um you know was it was it morrison and mcduffie did they did they have any kind of a working relationship or was it just coincidence i mean was it just dc said well we kind of just drew mcduffie's name out of a hat to do the crisis on you know two earths and it worked out so because that crisis on two earths was 
that's one of the that's one of the better of the the animated you know superhero movies I've seen. I mean, yeah. period. Yeah, I, I think know, it's, of, it's of either Marvel or DC. You know, frankly, I'm still I think I'm still waiting to see a Marvel animated movie that I, I think really grabbed me. Um, but yeah, that, that's but DC's thing Marvel, done a better job with that. So Marvel far. animated hasn't hasn't quite yeah captured well, the 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 DC. I watched uh, I watched the Planet Hulk. Okay. Animated. I haven't seen it. Feature. And I liked it a lot. And that's that's the one I've enjoyed most yeah. from, from Marvel. But it wasn't awesome. Well, I just you know, I, I, it was good, but yeah. it wasn't like Yeah, again, sorry to sorry to veer off, but I, I don't like the way the, the Marvel uh ones have really taken extreme liberties with the source material. Whereas the D C stuff, um, you know, clearly there there's tweaks here and there. But uh, the DC stuff uh, remains much more true to uh, um, you know to the original source. So you know, I I personally like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry so about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> a major diversion. Um, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> you know, and, and by no means do do we want to belabor this. But is there anything else we want to say about about Mr. McDuffie? Um, I just remember watching an episode of Justice League Unlimited, and I can't remember the episode in particular, but. The good guys were coming, and Justice League Unlimited was the type of show where it just wasn't about the big seven. They made you, like, you know, care about characters like Vigilante. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a cowboy on a motorcycle. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they, but they actually made you care about the character because when they put him on the team, I'm like, are you serious? How is he going to survive with the Justice League? <laughs> no doubt. You know, and, but he held so his own. true, yeah. He held his own, but I just remember an episode where they were fighting, you know, they were fighting the bad guys. And, and then, like, they just cut to this shot, and you see, I think, like, fire and ice. And then you look in the background, and there's steel, with, you know, with, with, the, with his hammer. And, I'm, and, I'm, and my wife is watching it with me. I was like, it's steel. And I got so excited. My wife is like, what, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you don't understand. That's just a personal geek moment. <laughs> it did not, you know, I never thought I would see the day where I would see steel on screen. Oh, my goodness. You know, animated. Nice. <laughs> you know, so that was, like, awesome for me. And, like, those, you know, that, that's just, like, one of those things that, like, you know, I just, you know, I remember most. So, oh, and that and McDuffie's run on Fantastic Four where he had Black Panther Storm, um, Johnny Storm, and The Thing. I love that run. Oh, man. What about was that? Hey, it was right before Millar uh, took back over. It, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was right after Civil War. Civil War. It yeah. was after Civil War. Yeah, and I, I hate I hate myself for not having picked those up uh, because I, I just I, I got Fantastic Four as a kid. I mean, it was one of my one of my absolute tent poles, and uh, I didn't really get back into it until uh, Mark Millar took over. Um, just but, man, those uh, those Michael Turner covers. Um, that's a uh, it's a little bit of extra uh, weirdness about that is you had McDuffie and uh, Michael Turner teaming up. Um, you know to to make those. I mean, Michael Turner just did the covers. He didn't do the interior art, but. Man, you had uh, two of the, two of the, you know, the the most celebrate celebrated. I don't know. You had two really solid artists, you know, um, and uh, you know both of them are uh, gone for their time, and yeah. uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's a lot sadder than it should be. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we raise our glasses to Mister McDuffie? We can give him a hell yeah a nice cheer to. Oh, uh, wow. To an artist and a creator before his time, you know, may your family, uh, may you know how much your your fans love you and how much your family loves you. And um, 
rest in peace. Absolutely. Cheers. Absolutely. Okay. How about we just wrap it up here, guys? Cool. Well, right. I'll have that that voicemail oh, I need okay. to, that I need to play. We asked for the voicemail. Okay. So, Did um, we? Sean, you want to hang around, please? Yeah, I can hang around. All right. Uh, let me call it up here. Um, do we know what this is? Well, it has to do with. Uh, let me let's ask Sean. Okay. Sean, this can be your, in, in lieu of uh, of a voicemail, um, you can give us your opinion on. Uh, should pretend this is your own personal one nine hundred number for. Should we kill? Uh, word of the of the week, or should we let it live? Mm. Okay. So. What do you think? I, I feel that word word of the week should stay, um, just for the simple fact that at least I say every three or three or four word of the week uh, drops. Bill is known to go on a tangent about the breakdown of the word, and eventually it makes Brad mad. <laughs> and thank you. You just got you just got <laughs> the gist of that whole bit. You know? and, 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 and so it's necessary that this sketch stay. It, it, it has to stay, I, you know. It, you know that Frank facts, all that stuff. It needs to stay. It, it, it makes the show special. So, uh, so th- there's my vote. I vote for it to stay. Okay. You're well, we've bad. got a. I knew I've that got a, already, but that's awesome. I've got a four-minute <laughs> voicemail to play. Holy and cow! I'll pause it every once in a while just so we can address a couple of. Wow. Of, uh, it's 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 worth it. Hey, fellas. Kyle Scroggins, a.k.a. Cap Squinchel here. Word to my peeps. It's uh, February 16th, about 10 after 6, driving home from work. Thought I'd give you boys a ring. I uh, just finished listening to episode 207. And, man, how do you guys pack so many things to call in about into one episode? I don't know. (laughs) But there were quite a few. Got a list. But uh, I want to start by mentioning what a thrill it was to uh, roll around at the end of the episode and to suddenly be greeted by the dulcet tones of the great Olivia Adams and uh, her performance with the incomparable Tears for Fears. Uh, Bill, yes. if, if uh, being a fan of the old TFF makes you gay, then uh, I, I don't know. I guess... Uh, I'm, I'm uh, looking at a fruit basket in the mirror here because uh, I loves me some tears full for years. Hey, man, Bobby. Yes. Anyway, uh, that was that was a highlight, to be sure, of the show. But I also want to get my uh, my vote in on Word of the Week. And uh, I'm going to throw a little curveball here. May not take this direction you think I'm going to go. I will pause it right now to look at Frank okay. and say, Frank, be careful of what you wish for. Oh, oh no. There we go. But uh, what's what's uh, what's not great about a little surprise here and there on the old podcast, right? Got to keep everybody guessing. I'm going to throw my vote in for uh, giving me the bullet to the old word of the week. But here's why. <laughs> it's not because I don't like the bit. I love the bit. And as much as the bit itself, what I also love, along with Bill, is uh, the intro and the outro. Thank you. In fact, the production on all of Bill's bits are, uh, I'd say, second to none. Um, How do I not have a job? You know, the production on the whole show, really, is second to none. So 
I don't want to just uh, brag on Bill. Uh, you guys, you guys do a mighty fine job in the production department. So, what I'm going to propose is that word of the week isn't good enough. Ooh. I need some half hour wasted, minimum five days a week, and uh, I, that that means I'm going to need at least one of each of Bill's bits and probably some new ones thrown in in each of those episodes. So this is going to need a transition from word of the week to uh, word of the day. Folks can't handle all that also. Yes! <laughs> Think about that one. Toss it around. But uh, please. Wow. As soon as you can, make it happen. Because I, I'm croaking here, you know, one Monday to the next, having to wait for new episodes. Because they're just so good. God, my hat's getting tight. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I here about home, so you fellas take it easy. And, uh, again, do what you can to uh, bring us the magic. Minimum, minimum five days a week. If you want to go, you know, morning and afternoon episodes, ten, ten a week or so, that, that'll work fine, too. Uh, I, I'm, I'm down for it, but I need, I need to meet some more half-hour wasted. And I need me some more Bill, the voice, H.H.W. McGonnell. Mm. So, it happen. Later. Kyle, remind me next time I see you to punch you in the face. No, <laughs> you, need to, you need to give him a hug. Dear Kyle, it has come to my attention that we will no longer be friends. <laughs> <laughs> you going to start zipping his tweets or something? Yeah, I might well, actually. In fact, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to tweet him here in just a moment. As a man of uncommon character. Well, you know, I I did ask to put it out there, and uh, he did. We get one call, and it was, uh, it was, f- it, no. He said, "Give it the bullet." He said, "If he I said, need to play it again, I'll play it again." He said, "We need to give it the bullet." Yeah. He said, "You need to give word of the week the bullet because yes. he wants word of the day." Well, guess what? I have an idea. Uh huh. Well, you need. I'm going to give you. Yes. Kyle's phone number. Well, that's that's two. That's two and zero. <laughs> I'm going to give point you for keeping word of the week. I'm going to give you Kyle's phone number, and you can just call mm-hmm. him daily and leave him a message. The great yes. irony. Maybe I thank you. That great, is a genius. Everyone is happy. You know what I should do? I should pull the Frank bit, and I should offer to like give him a, a answering machine message or something. Yeah, leave him a vo- give him a voicemail. Oh, he would love that. In You're, fact, hi there. You've reached Kyle's voicemail, and he's not here right now. But uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, and offer your services, Bill, to each of our listeners. Yes. So to all two of them, if you guys yeah. would like Bill to record uh, an answer machine message for you, send Bill yeah. an email. Send me the text. Bill, send me what at you want? Halfhourwasted dot com. Don't bother me or Frank with it. Yeah, no, just go yeah, go straight to Bill. Yeah, I'm just sorry. go right to Bill. The vast and majority of you guys, I don't know well enough to truly customize something. So you know, give me what you want. No, no. See, Bill, this is what you do. Like, see, a perfect example. Yeah. If you had to do, if you had to do a uh, like, you know, like a phone answering type deal, you could say, you know, this is Bill McGonnell, the voice of Half Hour Wasted, part of the <laughs> HHWLOD Podcast <laughs> Network. Now. As you can tell, this is a, a message, and you want to leave a message. And some might say that my voice is quite audacious. Ooh. Now, the word audacious, oh. uh, which is also known as ravenous or insatiable, um, is quite a compelling oh, yeah. word. 
Did you but, just open up your uh, your uh, thesaurus? I do no, love. No, 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 no. That that was that. I I I worked this one in my head. Oh, I worked wow. this one in my head. Wow. And seeing that this moment is now audacious because of my voice, I would like for you to please leave a message for so and so. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. And then and then that's that's what everyone. I'm gets. never going to remember all that. I mean, I <laughs> you can listen to the down. episode, and you know transcribe it. Ooh. Right, I interrupt this podcast to announce Geek Syndicate the Comic Year One. What is Geek Syndicate the Comic Year One, you ask? Well, good question. It's a web strip. It is a web strip by Hale Charles Jeanette III, and it stars two zany geeks, just like you, presumably, who kidnap and interrogate Santa Claus, hunt werewolves, get kidnapped by ninjas, and other crazy zany things. Oh, sorry. Suppose those were spoilers. So just skip that last part and move on ahead. Now, if you buy the collection of Geek Syndicate, which is actually paper and ink, the kind that you can take with you at your leisure rather than go on the internet, what you can do is you can buy this collection, get a giggle, but you can also help a worthy cause. That worthy cause is Heifer International. What is Heifer International, you ask? That is an excellent question. It's not an organization that helps needy cows. What it does do is it helps families in need. It provides livestock, seeds, or training to struggling families with hunger and or poverty. So, you can get a giggle and also help a worthy cause. So, if you want more information about that, go to heifer.org. H-E-I-F-E-R dot O-R-G for you illiterate people who can't spell. Also for the illiterate people, if you want to read the comic for free... You can go to GeekSyndicateComic.com and read the web strip. Now it is free, but if you buy the comic collection, you can sit on the toilet and read it. Now I suppose you could bring your computer with you, which would be a bit difficult, or you could bring your laptop. But then, if you sit there and read it, you probably burn your Johnson, thus rendering you infertile. So, buy Geek Syndicate the comic and have babies. If you want to buy this comic, please go to IndiePlanet.com. I-N-D-Y-P-L-A-N-E-T dot com. What you could also do, if you happen to use DCB service to order your comics monthly, you can order Geek Syndicate there as well. Just go to the website, dcbservice.com, look up Geek Syndicate the comic, and add it to your list. So, thank you for your support. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Right. Hey, Sean, do you have that Prince comic? No, no, no. Never, never, there are two of them, actually. Um, whoa, never... whoa, whoa, wait. Two Prince comics? What? Two Prince comics, yes. Two. <sighs> like, okay, dude, this is what you got to do. When you go back and look at that first Prince comic on comicbookdb.com, yeah. click on Piranha Press, and it will show you all the Piranha Press books. And there are two Prince books. One, in, I think, in 91, and the other was in 94. And the one, in, and then the first one had a cover by Brian Boland. Wow. Okay, any listeners that own this comic that would like me to take them off your hand for cover price. <laughs> I will be more than happy to do that. I'll even throw in a couple of bucks for shipping. Wow. Let's just send them a crappy uh, trade paperback or something you got laying around. Okay. No, no, no. Barter, what, uh, trade. The barter Offer system. a trade. So what would you be willing to trade them for that? Maybe you could leave them a voicemail. Um, they would love to hear your. You know they'd what? Love to hear you uh, trying to gut through a, an answering machine message. You know, I've been meaning to do this for a long time, Kyle, and I apologize. Kyle Scroggins, Captain Sequential, mm-hmm. he lives in our ne- neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we had lunch at Taco the, the Great Taco Bueno uh, a few months back. Really? And he brought me two long box. Is full. he a member of the Metroplex? Yes, he lives in uh, Fort Worth. Oh, and he has Metroplex too, which yeah. is a weird. Comp- he takes the. He has this lotion for it. Okay. You know, so okay. He gave me two long boxes full of comics. What's the etymology of that? And word? said for us to use them for the show. Oh, sweet! How, you know, give them away as prizes or whatever. So. Wow. Um. If anybody owns one of those or both of those Prince comics and you want to get rid of them, <laughs> you'll give them a long box. <laughs> give me, not, not a whole long box. <laughs> throw me an email at Brad at Half Hour Wasted, and I will throw you an email of the contents of those two long boxes, and you can pick something from it. Okay. And I can go to the... Um, Frank's yawning. I think to it's the, a sign. Um, to the prize box and... Whatever they get, and then we'll throw in an trade on that too. So, okay. so they'll get what they pick in this surprise. The barter okay. system. Barter system. And, and, and you'll also get a copy of Tears for Fears, Songs from the Big Chair. Ooh, hey, I'll uh, I'll I'll pirate a copy of it for you. I own the CD, by the way. Just I just for the record, I own the hey, CD. Hey, shout and uh, mm-hmm. you know, head over heels is is they're, they're just classic. Hey, that track I used. Um, um, that track I used for the uh, the tweet. Uh, it's, it's like an eight minute song, and it, it is like love to me. So, good times, brothers. Well, I tell you what, man. I want to officially thank Sean Pryor, and I want to officially thank Dwayne McDuffie for all that uh, you two gentlemen have done for me. I wish both of you were still with us, but Sean, dang it, I'm glad you are. So, uh, uh-huh. you, uh, you are appreciated, and I hope that someday um, you... Uh, um, I hope uh, you know it takes you until you're like 150 before you finally kick it. But um, you know, I hope you get to have an impact on this uh, on this world like uh, like our man uh, DM did. Hey Sean, don't don't go changing. No, uh, hey, you know me, man. I'm still same old Sean. Yes. Hey Sean, you keep yes. changing. No, no, you don't <laughs> no, go no. changing. Don't no, go you keep changing. changing. You, you grow. Just, what are you doing, <laughs> Sean? I got grow. I got a man hug for you at, at the Super Show. You're on the wrong All side right, man. Hey, right I'm, now, I'm, I'm, I got one for you too, player. Hey, I want to thank and Sean. I have a man butt slap for you. <laughs> what? <laughs> you heard me. It's my I new even, thing. I don't even get that man butt slap. I want to thank huh. anybody who's listening to this, uh, who who has uh, purchased some of those items that I was selling to try to you know raise money to get me the Super Show. Uh, hey, the great uh, the great Gideon hooked you up. Yes, he. I have Gideon. They're, they're actually in my vehicle right now. Gideon is is uh, he is my man. That dude mm-hmm. has taken care of Zoe and Sage. And who is Gideon? Gideon is a uh, is a great man who uh, works at uh, Adventure Kids. And uh, like he, I said he has uh, he has taken care of uh, our kids on a number of occasions. And he bought uh, a bunch of my books. Wonderful. Wonderful. We bought, saw him. Uh, we saw him at the con. Yeah, uh, red hair. Cons back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember, just yeah. kind of for the listeners. He's a good dude. We, he bought 70 American dollars worth of my stuff. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're halfway there, but quite appreciated. Uh, what, did he, what did he buy? He bought... Like, did he buy, like, a, a... He bought four of the big, oversized uh, Ultimate Spider-Man hardcovers. That's mm-hmm. cool. That I have. And he bought my entire... Flash, uh, the fastest man alive, run. You know that thirteen issue series yeah, that started Barrio run. Yes, yeah. And uh, issues one through six of Flash Rebirth. Fantastic. I bought two nice. each of those, so I okay. still have them for okay. myself. And then I had the second set 
That's yeah, nasty. In case you never want to read it again. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, like I said when we did that Flash mm-hmm. thing, um, I, reading them all in order, all six, mm-hmm. it, it's a much better read. Yeah, so. I still haven't done that. Anyway. One of these days. All right, cool. Sean. Well, cool. Hey, thanks again for having me on, having me on the show, fellas. Um, I, I do appreciate it, and as always, um, you know. Hey, and I'll see. Hopefully, I get to see all y'all at Super Show. But if not, you know, hopefully, I get to see some of you, some of y'all at least. Dude, I just need to. You hit. can see all of me. I know. I mean, I'm, you know, figuratively <laughs> speaking, <laughs> or not literally, literally. not literally, <laughs> unless you want. I mean, you know, unless we share a room, then you might. You might actually catch a glimpse of all of me, but uh, that's awesome. Um, whatever. <laughs> uh, I swear, I swear. One of one of these years, maybe this year, but I'm not I'm not holding my dang breath. Um, it's just, you know, finances are the only reason I haven't uh, enjoyed a super show yet. And um, you know, I, I'd like to go ahead and maybe I just need to start saving up for next year already or something. So, you know, I, I do want to. Uh, I do want to. Uh, hey, you give know all what? You cats if you save, if you save. Yeah. Eighty dollars a day, right? I can oh get there God. by you next would have year. So much money, but you would have wow. much more enough yeah. to go uh, to go to next year. Well, you know what? Eighty dollars a day. I've I've, uh, I've got almost I'm every comic do the book I want, um, so uh, I, I don't have to keep spending money on those back issues. So, yeah, I'll start uh, putting that back for a, a little super show. So, hey, let's let's quit let's quit giving the CGS boys so much love this episode. Why? We can save that till next episode. Okay. Yeah. That'd be twenty nine thousand dollars. Did you just do the math? Yeah. He did. Look, he pulled up his, his calculator app yeah. on his Android. Wow. I yeah. have a telephone. Now we could move back into a house and stop having to do our uh, podcast from the back seat of the car we're living in now. This right. is not fun, by the way. This is very cramped. It's yeah. late. Yeah, and, let's go. And you want to talk about falling to asleep. Sean, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Um, you're so always much. appreciated. Uh, listen to Black Box on the HHWLOD network. Yeah, you it's made, on a separate feed because there's cussing. You made time for us <laughs> lunkheads. Yeah, good. Just hey, just just go to HHWLOD and click on the link. It's right next to ours. It's it's just as awesome. Okay, we're not going to do so, a boilerplate this this week, but uh, nah. But thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted. Thanks, everybody. Bye, Sean. Night. Say hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sage. How are you doing? (laughs) How are you going? I I I am doing good. How are you doing? How are you doing? No, how are you doing? How are you doing? She's getting repetitive. How are you doing? Ask him what he ate for dinner. Come on, Abby!